Well, I don't have any books or tapes, but I have business cards. Who would like a business card? <laughs> the lady that was going to get my DVDs done, she wound up in the hospital. And the lady that was going to run my tapes off, primarily me, did not have the time. <laughs> and the book is now in my computer uh, as an outline. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. So maybe if we meet again, I'll have all three. <laughs> Woo! Hmm. Well, um, <laughs> are you ready? The anointing is here. I'm so grateful for that. Without my best friend, I would be nothing and could do nothing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are excited about you. We are excited, Lord, that you've tapped us on our heart. And we heard that tap and you opened the door of your heart and poured your love into us. I don't understand it, Lord, but we just gladly receive that. And we are so grateful for Jesus and for Holy Spirit. And we say right now, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first I want to just thank everyone for putting up with me and, and, and inviting me here. Um, it is a privilege. I love sharing the Word of God. There's nothing better than to just sit around and just talk about Jesus. Amen? And that's what we're going to do. Is we're just going to talk about Jesus. Hallelujah warms my heart. This is a beautiful facility. The anointing is here. I sensed that when I drove up. I thought, ooh, it's going to be good. <laughs> you can tell much prayer has gone in to this facility. You can feel the anointing, sense the anointing. Uh, you know, without the anointing, we're just nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. Before I get started, I always like <clears throat> in the prison, whoops, all right, there I'm going, I'm sharing my business cards. <laughs> I always like to do this, and you've probably seen Joel Osteen do this if you watch him, but I learned this from his daddy in 1978 when I got to go to his conference, and it was a week long of Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, Norval Hayes, and John Osteen. And whoo, I mean, you're talking about, I was a baby right out of the birth womb. I mean, just like, you're gonna have to change that. I have seven granddaughters now. <laughs> I mean, just like that, I was a baby and got to go down there and spend a week. But I did learn this. So let's take our Bibles and make our declaration before our God and before our adversary and before each other. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can have what it says I can have. 
I can be what it says I can be. And I can do what it says I can do. Okay, let's put just a little more in it right now, okay? This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I better have what it says I can have. I better be what it says I can be. And I better do what it says I can do. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God an offering. Thank you, Lord, for the Word. It is the Word that sets us free. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory. I'm fixing to get wound up. I'm a fixing to. Hey, we had a cowgirl this morning, then we had one from the Northlands of Wichita Falls, and then we've got this one from sheep country, and I'm from cow country. I was raised on a cotton farm. My daddy grew Angus cows on the side, and I would pin those cows up, and I would get out there, and I would try to ride them babies. I not only was having a rodeo, I was the rodeo. <laughs> and then my daddy decided to buy a horse. I begged him for a horse for years, and I begged and I begged, and so finally he, well, when it was so dry and everything, he took to driving a truck, and he brought this horse home. And it was about this tall. I have named it since the horse from hell. <laughs> I got on that horse, he put the saddle on it, and I got on that horse, and boom, off we went. And he got right up to a barbed wire fence and stopped. Well, praise the Lord that I had enough sense to hang on, and he didn't throw me off. One time I had a slumber party, and all my friends were out there, and you know how girls are when they get together, they don't ever go to bed. And a couple of them, I don't know why they decided to do this, was to cross the pasture. Well, that horse treed them. <laughs> They were screaming bloody murder and that horse was at the bottom of the tree. <laughs> Whew, I was so glad when daddy got rid of that. <laughs> well, we heard from Crystal this morning about the glory. I kept telling Cindy over there, she's getting my message. I showed her even my outline, looky here. <laughs> Oh, how we've been redeemed to the glory and that this is the generation to walk in the glory. I believe that with everything that is in me. And I don't mind being an older part of the generation that's going to walk in it. I have longed for this for 30 years. I saw it in the Spirit and I have longed for this day. And if you believe the prophets, one of them said the other day, that beginning the end of this month, we have four years of signs and wonders like we've never seen before. I don't know about you, but I want in that river. I want in that one. Hallelujah. Because I'm already seeing signs and wonders and I thought, ooh, it's gonna be better. It's gonna be gooder. So yes. This is the generation. Are you going to bring it in? I'm going to say yes, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. And then 
From Paula, we heard that we've got to go back from the begin to the beginning. We had the end, and we got the beginning. So we got to go here and there. And Cindy and I are just sandwiched in the middle. <laughs> but we do. We need to go back to the beginning and see what's snagging us and what's got us caught. You know, sometimes going down to the creek, I didn't. I wouldn't notice it, but I would. I would be walking, and I would get caught in these thorn bushes. Well, I didn't go very much further after I got caught in that. So you got to go back and see if something is stopping you from your destiny. Amen? Because each one of us has a destiny. Each one of us has a design on our Heavenly Father that we have to fulfill. I told the Lord years ago, I said, God, I'll write it, I'll preach it, I'll sing it, I'll even hum it the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know, I've done all of that. <laughs> I never thought I'd hum it. But then one day we were in worship and I found myself, hmm, <laughs> you know, just humming the, to the Lord. It was very anointed. Hallelujah. So he takes you at your word. Amen. And then from Cindy, we found that we have a plan and a purpose and that we all can do something. Amen. We all have a destiny. We all will fit into this beautiful picture of the tapestry that God has woven in a mural that shows Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I don't know if I'm a toenail or a finger or an ear or an eye. I just know that I am delighted to be a part of his plan and, and you have a part in it as well. Amen. We all have a place, hallelujah. Every one of us, have every one of us. I'm getting a little tipsy up here. Ooh, I love the anointing. <laughs> it is good. It's new wine, mm. And it's so fine. Well, we heard Crystal sing. You didn't sing, did you, Paula? <clears throat> we heard Cindy sing. And I thought, I'm not going to hurt their ears. I'll have to pray for healing. <laughs> but then I remembered a song that I have in the front of my Bible. <laughs> I bet you've never heard it either. <laughs> <clears throat> Above it, I've got the words, feel inadequate. Here's a little song for you. Mm, I got the unction for the gumption to function. <laughs> Walking in God's destiny. I've got the unction for the gumption to function. Knowing my Jesus intimately. I've got the unction for the gumption to function. Moving in authority. God's will, I will receive it. God's will, I will obey it. God's will, I do believe it. I got the unction for the gumption to function. Yeah. sister. <laughs> well, what am I talking about in that song? I'm talking about Holy Spirit 
And that's what I'm going to talk about this afternoon, this evening, whatever time it is. Don't look at your watch. <laughs> As my friend Nathalie Kelly says, I could listen to you for hours, and I have quite often. <laughs> We are a spirit being having a temporary human experience. Let me say that again. We are a spirit being having a temporary human experience. Ladies, if you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you've declared his lordship, then you are a supernatural being. You are not natural anymore. I say we're a hybrid. <laughs> we are an alien. <laughs> we are spirit beings. We are supernatural. We've got a mighty big God. But we have limited him. Amen. Okay, let's practice this. Repeat after me. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, you just feel free to throw those out anytime you want to. Hmm. Years ago, years, I say years ago. I, <laughs> thank you. Y'all are getting it. Well, wait a minute. Before I get into this, I have a story. I love stories. You may have gotten this one. I got it off of email like I do most everything I have. Four brothers left home for college, and they became successful doctors and lawyers and prospered. Some years later, they chatted after having dinner together. They discussed the gifts they were able to give to their elderly mother who lived far away in another city. The first said, I had a big house built for mama. And the second said, I had a $100,000 theater put in that house. And the third one said, I had my Mercedes dealer deliver an SL600 to her. And the fourth said, well, you know how Mama loved reading the Bible. And you know how she can't read anymore because she can't see very well. Well, I met this preacher who told me about a parrot that could recite the entire Bible. It took 20 preachers 12 years to teach him. I had to pledge to contribute $100,000 a year for 20 years to this church, but it was worth it. Mama just has to name the chapter and the verse, and the parrot's going to recite it. Well, the other brothers were impressed. After the holidays, Mom sent out her thank you notes. She wrote, Milton, the house you built is so huge. I live in only one room, but I have to clean the whole house. Thanks anyway. <laughs> Marvin, I'm too old to travel. I stay home. I have my groceries delivered, so I never use the Mercedes. But the thought was good. Thanks. 
Michael, you gave me an expensive theater with Dolby sound. It could hold 50 people, but all my friends are dead. <laughs> and I've lost my hearing, and I'm nearly blind. I'll never use it. Thank you for the gesture just the same. Ah, dearest Melvin, you were the only son to have the good sense to give a little thought to your gift. The chicken was delicious. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, as shocking as that is, we do Holy Spirit the same way. Amen? Years ago, I collected clowns. You know, the clowns, you know, the... Well, I had them on two shelves in my office, and then I had a poster. And I was reading a testimony out of Guidepost about this insurance agent that uh, did not fit in with the other agents. When they went to different towns, they would go out and party, and he was a Christian. And he just would sit in his motel room and twiddle his thumbs and think about his family at home. And he asked the Lord what he could do. And the Lord called him into the clown ministry. And as I was reading this story, I got this familiar happened on my heart and I raised my eyes and looked at my clowns and I said God you are not I'm a business professional I have a reputation to keep you wouldn't do that to me would you <laughs> don't ever ask him not to do something to you so I began to be trained to be a clown well, I have had more fun doing that, but you know, uh, over the years, it's getting really hard to get the makeup and the wrinkles. I need a face iron. If I could invent a face iron to iron out the wrinkles, I'd be wealthy. <laughs> but in the interim of all of this, I was going, now I live in Snyder, we have Walmart, and we have United groceries, and that's it. And I was going to Walmart. When my, when my office was on the main drag, me and my secretary would just watch the traffic. Yep, they're going to Walmart. And then a little bit later, yep, they're going back. I mean, that's only where you can go. So I was going to Walmart, and across the street from Walmart, there was a fella, he, was, he and his wife were my clients, and he had put a bunch of stuff out by the street for sale. There was an old bicycle there. And I looked at that and just pulled on into Walmart and got my stuff. And as I pulled up to get on the main drag, there that bicycle was in front of me. And I went, I don't need that. Went home. Well, for days, every time I went to Walmart, I would see that bicycle. And the Lord would not let it go. So I called my client and I said, uh, I noticed you got a bicycle out there in front. What, what do you want for it? And he said, I want $100 for it. <laughs> I went, 
I don't think so. <laughs> so I just kept going to Walmart, getting my stuff and looking at it and going back to the office or home. Would not leave me alone, the Lord would not. And so finally, since he was my client, I couldn't try to talk him down. So I just took him a $100 bill and I said, I want that bicycle. Now that bicycle was one pile of rust. For me to pay $100 for a pile of rust was stretching me just a bit. And so I took it home and I bought two or three or four cans of WD-40. Anybody know what that stuff is? And so on a rare day where I didn't have to be anywhere, I began to clean the house and I would, I would go out past the bicycle on the way to the dumpster and I would take that can of WD-40 and I would spray all the moving parts. I'd go back in the house and I'd, I was cleaning closets and drawers and stuff. It's amazing what you can accumulate. But I would go back out to the dumpster and on my way I'd spray. Well, in about the fifth or sixth time of this, the Holy Spirit, as I was spraying, said, my church is much like this bicycle. I said, really? How's that? And he said, well, the bicycle is designed for purpose. It is designed to get someone to a destination. I said, yeah, I, yeah, I understand that. And he said, but the traditions of men have frozen up the vehicle and it cannot carry them to my destination. And I said, ooh, that was a heavy revy. I mean, you know what I mean? Amen. And so it is. The traditions of men have null and voided the Holy Spirit's design. Now, don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Thank you. Church has a purpose and a design and a destination. We are to be a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And I find it amazing. I work a lot of Emmaus walks, and I do a lot of things here and there, and I find it amazing. We ask for Holy Spirit to come. And then we tell him by our behavior, go Stand in that corner and don't bother us. Amen. Amen. We will not allow him to interrupt our activity. The traditions of men have null and voided our destination. But you know, when I was spraying that bicycle, he continued the conversation. He said, that is why I visit my church in intervals to loosen it up. Because see, I knew if I got enough WD-40 on those parts, then I could loosen all of that up and I could get it working again. Amen. So, Holy Spirit comes in intervals and oils us. Hallelujah. Can you say glory? Hallelujah. Amen. I'll take some more. Hmm. 
Holy Spirit is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying thing that God has sent. He is the third party of the Trinity. He has given us gifts to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hmm. And yet we tell him, go over there, you're disturbing my mindset. Amen. This right here is the story of God's glory. From Genesis through Revelation, it is the story of the glory of God. It was in the garden and it was restored on the day of Pentecost. Hmm, well, isn't that interesting? You don't have to turn there, just make a note of it. Psalms 8, 3 through 6 says, we were crowned with glory. Hallelujah. Romans 3, 28 says, we've all come short of the glory of God. And then in Hebrews 2, verse 10, it says, but, Jesus is bringing many sons back to glory. Woo! Hallelujah. I think I'll have me a glory fit in a minute. Do you hear what that's saying? What was in the garden is now given back to you. Just like Chris, that's why I was telling Cindy, she's getting my message. but I'm gonna continue on with it a little bit. Hallelujah. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, you don't have to go there, but you'll find a wonderful story where they were in worship and the glory of God descended and they could no longer stand for his presence. We had a conference one year, the manifest presence of God came down like a blanket and all in that room literally started sliding out of their chairs. And the speaker looked at all this and she just sat down. I mean, who are you gonna, what are you gonna say? God showed up. <laughs> sliding out of the chairs. Could not, I could not even raise my eyelids and I tried. I thought, ooh, this is good. <laughs> I like it. I love his presence. Mm. See, that's what it's all about. You get in his presence, the oil begins to flow. Ooh, some of that old dead stuff just flakes off. Mm. But you know, my bicycle, I never could get the chain freed up. I had to replace it. I don't want to be one of those parts God has to replace. I want to stay in the oil of his presence. Amen? Now, if you parallel 2 Chronicles 5 with Acts 2, you find the same thing happening. They're up in the upper room, and they're worshiping, and they're praying, and it says they were in unity. Ooh, listen. When you dare to lay down your differences and come in unity under the love of God, stuff happens. 
That's why Emmaus has been so powerful because we just agree to disagree and just love on Jesus for 72 hours, hallelujah, and God shows up. Would we do that in our local churches? Just agree to love on Jesus. Hey, isn't that what we're about? Is that why we were created? To pleasure him and to receive his pleasure? <laughs> hallelujah. God said in Ezekiel 36, he said, one day I'm gonna change your hearts and I'm gonna take out that old rocky stony heart and I'm gonna put in you a heart of flesh. And he was talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says that we are the temple of Holy Spirit. I mean, we say that, but we don't walk like it. Amen. Things are getting serious. These, this isn't in my notes, but I'm gonna share it because Crystal shared and, and, and the other two speakers shared, but I, I'm telling you, I'm agreeing that we are in, we are in different days. I, I'm a, a career insurance person, and if the Lord would so tell me to get out of it, I'd get out of it, amen? I think he probably is trying to tell me and I'm not listening. <laughs> but I get these publications all the time and, and I don't ever look at them. I'd rather look at the Word of God. Amen? Chunk them. But I just happened to look at this one for some reason and in it, it was talking about the H5N1 virus from an insurance perspective. Well, that's the first time I'd ever heard of it. And then at about the same time, uh, who gets the Elijah list twice today? <laughs> Uh, on the Elijah list, uh, they did a little deal that Bobby Jones, I mean Bobby Connors, whom I've met, awesome man of God, a true blue for a real prophet, um, he talked about the threat of North Korea. And right after he talked about that, it came on Fox News. When a prophet says it and, and, and a newscast confirms it, you better perk your ears up. And then uh, Todd Bentley, whom I've been in several of his conferences, uh, he, talked, he told about seeing the tsunami and described it in one of his conferences. And you know, he didn't know if it was just a spiritual thing or what, but he was describing it and, and told where all it was gonna hit. And he said, and on the front of it's revival written. Well, some of the pastors in that region came up to him after that conference and said, we're from those areas and, and it must be spiritual because we've never had anything like that in the natural. That was in July, well in December it hit in the natural. And those pastors that were struggling, trying to keep their doors open, suddenly found themselves with thousands of people wanting to hear about God. Amen. Well, Todd also saw that something catastrophic was going to happen in the Northwest. And when I was telling my husband this, he said, well, I just got, and he watches the Discover Channel and the Health Channel and all those channels. And he said, well, I just got through seeing on the Discover Channel that they were discussing Yellowstone National Park, how they've discovered something under there that they know is going to be catastrophic and they just aren't expecting it. Well, and like was said this morning, every time that we have, have turned our back on Israel, something happens. 
but we were in perilous times. But you know, I got to thinking about all that because all this came in the same week. And I thought, you know, Lord, if you looked at it in the natural, you would want to run somewhere and dig a big old hole and crawl in it and pull the lid over it. But let me just tell you what I see. I see this to be the church's finest hour. I see it to be an absolute marvelous opportunity to get the gospel out. Who better but the church if this N5, H5N1 virus hits the states? Who better to run to, to come down here? I'm sick. I need healing. We'll lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, and see you raised up in the name of Jesus. Who better but the church? And I am telling you, we are not ready if we do not allow Holy Spirit to be who he is in us and through us. Amen. We have got to position ourselves in that place to where we can say, Lord, it's not my will. I don't want men's traditions any longer. I am ready to walk in the anointing. And he will take you serious. Hallelujah. I was raised devout, capital D, Church of Christ. Y'all didn't fall out of your chairs. <laughs> I went to church before I was born. After I was born, I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Faithful. I tell everybody when I go to the prisons and the jails, you know, I don't have a testimony like some of you folks do. Well, maybe I do. I did, I did have a drug problem. I was drugged to church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, whether I wanted to go or not. <laughs> I didn't have a drug testimony. I did not have one of promiscuousness or alcoholism or any of the other addictions, but I have one far worse. Their eyes get this big. How could it be worse than what we're here for? I have one that in the Word of God, Jesus called people like me a snake and a viper. And he hung around people like you and befriended people like you. But he called people like me a snake and a viper. So I know the grace of God. And I'm so grateful that he looked down from his holy habitat and said, there's this little red-headed girl in West Texas. Let's just go save her. Yeah. Hallelujah. I was on the road to destruction. I was com contemplating suicide. I was constantly depressed. I had no hope. But I was teaching Sunday school, Sunday morning. Sunday night and Wednesday night. And I was the church secretary. 
No hope. The God I knew was not big enough to save me out of the mess I had made for myself. And then Holy Spirit invaded me. Hallelujah. He started with a dream. That's why I love praying, God, you know that lost one over there? Mess with them while they're asleep. <laughs> because if they're awake, they're too stubborn-headed like I was. Oh, he messed with me. One year later, I bowed my knee in my home, and I said, God, I just want you. I want Jesus, and I want Holy Spirit. Don't understand it, but that's what I want. Well, as God would position it, I heard a radio program on, going from uh, somewhere to my office, and it was talking about, God does miracles today. I take it back, I was going to my home, not my office. I wasn't in business then. And I thought, I need to talk to this fella. Because you see, I was raised that God didn't do miracles today and that the supernatural had passed away when John, the revelator, had took his last breath. <gasps> that was it. No more. So, I went in the house. This guy was in Colorado City. I lived halfway between Colorado City and Snyder. If you're born in Colorado City like I was, you can say Colorado City and be correct. If you're a foreigner, you can say Colorado City. <laughs> so I, he, was from, he was on the radio station in Colorado City, so I dialed the number. I said, is that preacher still there? And the guy, I didn't think about tapes and stuff like that, and the guy said, yeah, he's still here. I said, well, I need to talk to him if you don't mind. And this guy got on the phone, and I said, sir, could I just speak with you for a little bit? I'm, I'm really confused, and I just need to speak with somebody. Because, you see, I didn't go outside my circle. Nobody was talking to me. All this stuff was happening to me. This supernatural stuff was happening to me, and I didn't know what to make of it. I got a lot of stories just in that one year there. So he came, he drove from Colorado City to Dunn, which is about 12 miles, and he sat down at my kitchen table. And at that time, I'd had a headache for six weeks, could not get rid of it, no matter what I took, it was 24-7 headache. And I told him about that, and he said, well, I'll pray for you before I leave. And he shared some scripture, he was a real nice fellow, but he wasn't the preacher from where he was, he was from Sweetwater, and he just did this radio show. And he, he got through, and he said, oh, I need to pray for you. Well, I thought he was just going to pray for me in his car on the way home. And he got up, and he put his hands on my head. Well, I just nearly died. <laughs> I'd never seen that. And he prayed for me. And the next morning, I got up and did not have that headache. Well, that got my attention. And so he had invited me to his church, and... So I was kind of confused because I'd never stepped foot outside my realm, ever, ever, <laughs> never. 
And so I thought, well, I really need to pray about this. And I was just getting really confused. So I thought I would call this TV ministry that was a real ministry back then before it derailed. And I called and it was busy. Hung up. It's where redial was put on the telephones. I mean, this was long ago. Dialed it again, it was busy six or seven times of that. And finally I said, Lord, maybe I just misunderstood. I'm going to dial it one more time, and if I don't get them, that's it. So I called. And on the other end, I hear, praise the Lord, how may I help you today? And I said, well, I was raised in this church that don't believe in the supernatural, but stuff's been happening to me, and I'm confused. And she said, honey, you were raised Church of Christ. I went, yes. How did you know? And she said, you just hang on. I'm going to pray over you. And she began to cast a devil out of me. I began to cough and sputter. I didn't know what she was doing, but I'm telling you, I got free. So I went to this little church over on the other side of the tracks in another town so I wouldn't be known. And I walk in. I'm early. I have slacks on. I didn't know they didn't like slacks, but they still loved me. Well, I walked in, and in the, in the foyer, the doors were open into the sanctuary, and there was this man at the altar, and he was praying in another language. <laughs> and I leaned up against the wall, and I said, God, why am I here? Do I stay or do I go? And I felt to stay. So I sat in the back row by the door. <laughs> Just in case, you never know. <laughs> and I sat down and I looked up on the ministry area and ah, oh, there was drums. <gasps> A piano. <laughs> Guitars. Hmm. Okay, God. And they had a praise service, and I rather enjoyed it. It was nice. I mean, I'm used to a cappella. <laughs> I mean, you know. And then the preacher, who wasn't the man I talked to, got up and preached exactly what I needed to hear, and I was thinking, how did he know all that? And then he gave the invitation, and my heart was going. <laughs> now, you've got to understand, at this point in my life, I told you I was raised on a farm, very, very bashful, very shy, painfully insecure. And I wouldn't go. He closed the invitation, made the announcements, and then he got this funny look on his face. It's not hard for me to make a funny face. And he said, I've never done this before, but God just told me to open up the invitation again. And I went, 
<laughs> and I went down to the front and he said, well, sister, what do you want? And I said, I don't know. I just know that I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to do what he wants me to do, and I want to go where he wants me to go. And he said, well, turn around and tell the church that. I swallowed real hard. I turned around and repeated those words and turned right back around real fast. And he said, all you women, come down here and pray for her. Well, that was like saying sick them to a June bug in a chicken yard. side I was hearing hang on sister hang on and on this side turn loose sister turn loose hang on turn loose I didn't know and the preacher said raise your hands and he said no raise your hands I surrender. He said, no, raise them up. And I went. Oh, they prayed for me and they prayed for me. <laughs> and they prayed for me. And they prayed for me. I was scared stiff. So finally they quit. But I didn't know it was just to get their second breath. They started in again. <laughs> Finally, they quit. And I went out to the car, and that was Saturday night, and I drove back to Snyder incognito. <laughs> the next morning, I got up and went to my safe church. but I was strangely happy. <laughs> had a good Sunday school. Had a wonderful worship, acapella. And when church was dismissed, I was milling around and saw a friend of mine that I had led her to Jesus. And she told me she was going through a horrific trial so I said, I will pray for you, meaning I'm going to do it in the car. <laughs> and so I got my three children. They were little stair steps, little. <clears throat> got in the car and drove from Snyder to Dunn. About two miles outside of Snyder, I was driving, and I thought about her, and I began to lift her up to the Father, asking him to help her in her, her dilemma. And as I was driving, the only way I can explain this is just as how I experienced it. Everybody's different, but this is how I experienced this. It was just like my head had been like split open and this hot oil just came down 
over me, and it went deep inside of me, and out of my mouth came another language. Well, that shocked me. I got to done. I got the kids out of the car, and I said, go to your room. I ran to my room, shut the door, got on my knees, and I said, God, was that you? And out of my innermost came another different language, and I have not been the same since. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, he had to oil me to get me free of man-made tradition. Amen? Jesus said himself, I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. The word declares, John came baptizing with water, but there is one who will come who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. I have received both. The fire of God. <laughs> it's tribulation, trials, but it does so much in you. Mm. It molds us into the image of Jesus if we will allow it. It will purify your heart to become like Him. Hallelujah. There's a river flowing. Mm, started right over here. I'm telling you, I asked him for the specific ability to see in the Spirit. And he's allowed that. Every now and then I get glimmers of stuff and I like it. Hallelujah. It's kind of fun. I like to co-labor with Holy Spirit, see? Because we can do the right thing, but without the anointing of God, it's just good stuff. But with the anointing of God, it will remove the burden and destroy the yoke. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One time I was in the prison teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts. Can you imagine? God invited to do that. And <laughs> this fella came up and after the first session, it was going to be a six-week series, and he said, I want what you're talking about. And I said, okay. Prayed for him. Bam, on the floor. And he went away happy. Well, the next week I came, taught some more on the gifts, and this fellow come up afterwards, and he said, Sister, I didn't get to make it last week, but my roommate did, and you prayed for him, and I want what he's got. I said, Really? He said, Yes, ma'am. And I said, Are you a believer? And he said, Yes, ma'am. Jesus is my Lord. And I said, Okay, but then I got interrupted. This fellow came up to the side and, and interrupted, and he said, oh, would you pray for me? And I said, sure, laid hands on him, bam. And this guy was going. <laughs> I said, are you sure you want that? 
And I said, what's your name? And he said, Phil. And I said, Phil, you're about to be filled in Jesus' name. <laughs> I watched him pull up to a chair and he said, I ain't never been this drunk in the world. I said, yeah, it's good stuff, isn't it? And then this guy, a little short Spanish guy, blocky, he come up to me and he said, Sister, I want you to pray for me. And I said, okay. And he said, I am a, was a member of the Chicago Mafia, but I have accepted Jesus as my Lord, and I want what you're talking about. And I thought, only God can take a West Texas farm girl and stick her somewhere laying hands on a, a Chicago Mafia man. He will do amazing things if you will allow him to. Amen. Seen hundreds come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Hundreds filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I fling devils out with pleasure. Hallelujah. Glory. Mm. You see, it's the anointing that breaks that. It's the anointing that does the delivering. I am just the messenger. Here, have a drink. Amen. But we get all bent out of shape. Well, God, that doesn't fit my understanding. Yeah, he's good at that. Blowing your mind. And then he'll heal it. And then he'll blow it again. And he'll heal it again. But I am telling you, we are a spirit being. We should be walking according to the things of Holy Spirit and not what we see. Amen. There's a lost and dying world. There are people that are going to spend eternity in hell if we don't get rid of this dead theology and get into the life of God. Amen. Somebody's eternity depends on you. Are you going to deliver the goods? Are you going to give them some homiletical, theological, man-made idea? Snakes and vipers, Jesus called those kind of people, of which I was, but I am delivered. Hallelujah. I don't mind telling anybody, I am an anointing addict. And I'm a Jesus junkie. You think drugs can make you feel good? Ha! The Holy Ghost is better. Amen. Amen. <laughs> mm. Hmm. I think I'll have me a drink. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Ooh, but it's getting hot up here. <laughs> Woohoo! 
You know this thing goes downhill? But I see the river going uphill. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Woo. Mm. Oh. We'll take an intermission right here.